And after a short time gone, they are back. We are bringing you an exciting episode of the Interleague today. Same day, different places. Chris is still in the same place, but somebody on the show is not. Today, tune in and find out where Spags is at. I Welcome thought you back. were going to say it was Gould. Derek Gould. Huh? He's in a different spot now. Derek Gould. He's yeah. in a different spot. Where's Derek Gould at? I, I don't know. Oh. He's just our biggest fan. That's you what know, I'm saying. Front, like, front did, he, did, he, did he leave the area? He's no longer reporting on uh, the STL um, Cardinals. I knew, I'm sure he's I knew probably he in sure spring training. Yeah. He better not be at spring training. I'm sure he is. That's Dude, well, he's now. I'm just gonna blame him for all of Matt Carpenter's woes from here on out. I guarantee it's, it's him. So, so Matt Carpenter, you heard it here first. Derek Gould is also your arch nemesis. Anyway, arch nemesis. Welcome back to the show. We took a week off. Fans, sorry about that. Had it to was, do it though. It was uh, my fault. Had to do it. Had it was to do unexpected. It. Hey, you know, we probably should. Uh, honestly. We should just, in general, have better foresight. Like, we're allowed to take days off. Like, we already take days off. So, it's not like it's that big of a deal if we do it. But, like, we probably would have, if thinking about it, like, you were moving. There was going to be a lot of stuff going on. Like, we could have just probably been up front. But I guess, like, you did have the internet. Well, the big thing was work. Like, with the release popping up Monday night. Like, that's what threw off everything. So... Then we we pushed it from Monday to Tuesday, and then Tuesday it was like oh, yeah, dealing yeah, yeah. with closing, and then it was moving and all this other stuff. So like the rest of the week, I knew it was going to be pretty shitty, but Monday I thought we'd be golden, and then that release popped up maybe like late Monday afternoon, like before workout was over, that they're like it would probably be beneficial for you to be on here, and and it was it was cool like educational, not mad about it at all, but. Of course, you know, because I got involved in something for the first time, what could go wrong did go wrong. So the release normally takes like 20, 25 yeah. minutes. It took two hours. So I think we were on the call till like 1, one thirty in the morning. And then you're right back to work at 7 a.m. Because, yes. you know, the yeah, great employee you are. Because that's how you're it works when there's salary. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, dude. Flappy Bird 2. Okay, I got to stop. No. <laughs> I just was introduced to Flappy Bird, and I'm terrible at the game. Yeah, <laughs> you wonder how how good is twelve? Oh no, you play the game. Yeah, twelve pretty really good. good. <laughs> it's not not great. <laughs> not great. Let's Google Flappy Bird high score. High score. There's got to be a video of it somewhere. World Flappy oh, Bird world record. Yeah, first video is 999. Impossible. Yeah, it's Tass. Yeah. <laughs> They tasked that run. It was spliced. All the speed running. Yeah. All the speed running. Yeah, I don't believe that. I need a I need a source. I yeah. need some of the full source. I need on a that link to the full video, please. Yeah. For like right now, twelve camera. is your highest score. Yeah, twelve. Because it's sourced. Record. I have it right now. Yeah. So. yeah. Um current world record holder, also host of the Interleague podcast, Chris Mahan. Hey there. How's it going? But nope. So like I said, took a week off unexpectedly. Um, I apologize ahead of time. I know Chris said that there's a little bit of like echoey reverbs. I'm still moving into the new house. Um, and my office is a much bigger area. Um, spags, spags, spags. Yeah. Spags, spags, spags. 
so uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. So if I sound like crap this episode, just deal with it because it's probably gonna be a little bit before I don't. <laughs> so um, oh, I'm the sure there's settings. Quality, though, yeah, I'm sure there's settings and stuff like that that I can adjust to to account for this, but. I'm not going to lie and act like I'm going to put in the effort to do that. Well, you should also uh, go buy a GoXLR Pro and we'll have matching GoXLR Pros. It's got a bunch of features and settings. We'll have like when we're going to curse, it'll have a beep button. You know? oh, so it's like a soundboard. Can... Yeah, it's yeah, it's like a, uh, it's an interface more or less because you, you plug your mic and you can plug your headphones into it and everything. Uh, it has voice changers. It's got some software that has got like noise gates and reverb and stuff on it. It's pretty cool. Gotcha. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, maybe. Only run you the low, low price of not sponsored four ninety nine ninety nine. Brought to you by TC Helicon. Not sponsored. Yeah. So, so maybe, maybe someday. Um. But yeah. So episode forty four. Um. It's pretty simple. The only thing we probably would have covered last week would have been. Updates on roster battles, so it's just a more updated version of that. Um, so the stats will be yeah, you know, like two weeks worth of stuff that got added in versus one. Um, so it's all it's all good. And for some players, that did not help at all. That's true. It you know? didn't. Um, I like, think both of all. us, both of us, are probably going to be wrong about our guesses for uh, the number of hits attained by Matt Carpenter this spring. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I almost forgot we even did that, and now I can rethink about my numbers. Let me go back to the list. I'm yeah, pretty sure you yeah. said five. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I said five too. I'm pretty sure I said five too. And I think mine was seven. Yeah. And right now he's sitting on a a big old one. Yeah, big old one burger. He does have. He is leading the leading the team in walks. Well, that is the advantage he's got, right? I mean, he walks, so he gets on base. So, yeah, I mean, there there are guys on the team that are everyday starters that have a lower on base percentage than he does, even though they have a higher batting average. Yeah, it's all about those, you know, advanced intangible statistics yeah. that you know. Uh, but we're I mean, gonna I win you that championships. Since we're talking about it, I mean, we can we can. I just, just go right into, into the get into the Cardinals. Pull up the Cardinals page. Whoop, there it is. Cool. Yeah, I mean, so I think it's uh I there there's a a handful of I guess what you could call like roster battles that you know to to be completely fair about everything exist. Mm-hmm. Um one of that would have been like, who's going to play second Edmund or Carpenter. Um, I think hands down now, you know that Tommy Edmund is the starting second yeah, baseman every, for the Cardinals. Every day, every day is starting second baseman. He um, is uh, oh Yeah. No. Cause like even like their stat lines are across similar numbers. I mean, like they've definitely given Carpenter every chance to be successful. Um, he's like, top 10 in it and at bats um you know like which would mean he's probably even higher than that if you account plate appearances because obviously walks don't count towards your at bats um i think he's you know i think the the cardinals have only played like 17 spring games 
um, or something like that, and he has played in all of them, or uh, 13 of them, sorry. I don't. I was looking at somebody else's uh, numbers. I think that's where they're... He's played in 12 of them. Carpenter? My yeah. stash home at 13. Uh, what are you looking at? I don't know, MLB.com. Stay. Oh, you know what? I didn't... Uh, what is this update? <laughs> you didn't refresh from today? Yes. Yeah, I didn't refresh him earlier, but it still didn't update. So baseball reference still hasn't gotten today's shit in there, I guess. Gotcha. Because he played first base today, so. He, yeah, he, well, he started at second, and then he got moved to first, I think. Oh. Um, but yeah, so I think, because the Cardinals are 7-7, seven and seven, and I know they have a handful of ties. Um, so I think they play like 17 games, maybe 18 games, something like that. I don't know. Um, I think... I think the highest number of games played, yes, 17. So figure maybe Max Moroff didn't get into every game. Um, but either way. So he, he's gotten his fair shake of playing. Um, yeah, agreed. But they, like, like all of Matt Carpenter's career, they have given him a shot. You know, they commit to playing him, that's for sure. Yes. And I really hope that stops on opening day and he's either not on the team or he sits on the bench and does nothing for the entire year, except maybe draw a walk here and there. So, yeah. Cause like you're, I, I guess, I guess because there is, um, no, um, there's no DH. Hold on a second. I felt a cough coming on. Um, since there's no DH in the NL, at least that's what everyone's prepping for. I don't know if that if it decreases his value or adds to his value. Um, so, like, if there if there was the DH position, then you would want somebody like you would you would have another roster spot for someone that you want their bat in the lineup every day. And I would hope that that isn't Matt Carpenter. Yeah, um, I would hope it, there's it would, definitely much better options. Right. Like it would be easier to carry like uh Nagowski or, you know, uh, Austin Dean or, you know, one of these guys that might be like the odd man out in some other races. Um, since you don't have that, I think that Carpenter, like you said, like he, he does put together quality of bats, they just don't like they don't generate production ever. Um, like he's patient at the plate, but he strikes out a lot. So I he I think he's struck out thirteen times in his in spring so far. So that means he struck out twice today because it says eleven. Yeah, so it struck out twice today, uh, and he's batting point oh, oh excuse me point oh three four. Um, that's not even I'm, I couldn't even if I were going to say someone had a really shitty batting average, I would even guess that low. <laughs> not great. <laughs> like I, I would. Yeah, um, you're right. You'd I be never, like two. You'd yeah. be like, uh, what's Harrison Bader batting right now? Yeah, like, like 200. OK, but, but he's not. Yeah, I know. But yeah. last year, I what did Harrison Bader bat last year? 205. All right. right. Like, I'd be like Carpenter's not even hitting his weight. Like, that's probably what I would say. Carpenter's probably not even hitting his weight that he was at, like, when he started, like, his first day of school. You know, like, I I, I think that that's, 
that that's like a good a good line like how demoralizing it is it to like uh, the guy who's not gonna make the team that matt carpenter gets to make the team uh and he gets to make 18 million dollars this year um and you don't you're just like you killed it like it was finally your opportunity like you really showed off but sorry for you business be business you don't get no playing time because we got to have this this guy like how demoralizing you think it is for your fear that guy like you, it's going to be clear who that guy is because it's going to be the uh the, you know the next best guy they didn't take right um and that's like so i you think it's, it's there's gonna be probably a group of them they're like you know they're gonna see definitely less playing time um i don't So yeah, so I'm I'm looking to see, um, because I'm trying to find. I know they were talking about it today during the game. That like they weren't certain if um Justin Williams had any options left. Um, which I thought you got three, and I see like he only got called up to the Cardinals once, but I, I guess maybe like this can't be right. Like maybe he, I think so. I thought I heard something about him and Sosa having to clear waivers. Yeah. Cause like it, it makes a pretty significant difference. And I think like what it, what it boils down to is like when they were drafted and whatnot. Um, I meant to look at this earlier. Um, here we go. So, players on a 40-man roster are given three minor league options. An option allows that player to be sent to the minor leagues to be optioned without first being subjected to waivers. Players who are optioned to the minors are removed from the team from a team's active 26-man roster but remain on the 40-man roster. Yeah, so I, I assume that that's what it was. So, uh players typically have three option years but those who have accrued less than five full seasons including both the major and minors are eligible for a fourth um which i think that he's been in yeah so it looks like he started playing in the cardinal organization in 2013 um so he's definitely at the five full seasons dang he's really been there that yeah, long. yeah he was he started playing when he was 17 Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And I don't think there's no way Sosa could be because his service time clock seemed like it started in January this year. So he's got to have some. Damn, Justin Williams started in 17. Yeah, so let's see. And that says, uh, for the purposes of this rule, spending at least 90 days on an active major league or minor league roster during a given season counts as one full season. Okay, yeah, so he's definitely... At his five. Um, yeah, so I, I don't I don't know. I so essentially like if he were added to the the twenty six man ro- like active roster and then um that's not the guy I wanted. <clears throat> Oh, no. Actually, so Sosa has been on the team since 2013, too. And he's only 25 years old. So both of them. 
been there for a while. Holy shit. Yeah, so this this article here, Justin Williams might be eligible for a fourth option in 2021. So 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 it seems like, and this was from February of this year. Um. Yeah, so it seems like he might be out of options. So it's so it's situations like that where like the those things could play a part in I think Carpenter remaining in the mix for a spot at the at the major league level. Um, because if you take Justin Williams with you and he has no options, if you ever want to send him down, he has to clear waivers and someone's going to take him. Like he isn't clearing waivers. So if he starts on, like, as soon as he's on the 26-man active roster, you have to, like, he has to remain there or clear waivers, essentially. If he does have an option, then you can, you can, you know, have him make the team out of spring. And if, you know, things don't shake out or things start to turn it around, because really at this point, like, what you're, what you're, um, what you're guarding against is like Harrison Bader having an, you know, just being terrible in spring so far. Um, yeah. Even wor- worse than like, you couldn't have expected much worse. You know? Yeah. Like, like it, it's definitely to be fair. He didn't, he missed some of the beginning time, but like, I, I'm kind of over the, like, to be fair with Harrison Bader situations, you know, like th- three or four years ago, we were talking about this guy, oh, face of the franchise, face of the franchise. Oh my God, so good. He's so fast. Um, it's just like it, it, nothing makes up for how fast he is, you know, like all of our outfielders are fast. Like when we played MLB, the show, wasn't Tyler O'Neill rated faster than Harrison Bader was? Yeah. Like, so like, why are we always talking about Harrison Bader so fast? If like Tyler O'Neill, even if the, games like just giving it to O'Neill a little bit like I- I'm gonna go ahead and guess that and then in real life they're pretty close to the same speed which is f- super fast and you're gonna make it to whatever you want to so you just get two two guys on the outfield that can make it to whatever they need to and you got one guy that doesn't need to you know like so I'm really tired of the getting fast thing and then not hitting just and then so what I'm gonna look up right now is because I also meant to do this I've been hearing a lot like well you got to keep Harrison Bader because he smashes left-handed pitching just crushes left-handed pitching. So let's go look at Harrison Bader's splits real quick because yeah. I've been meaning to look at those. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested mm-hmm. as well. Uh, left-handed, he hits 264 career comparatively to 223. Slug, 517 uh, to left-handers, 352 to right-handers. On-base percentage, 338 to left-handers. 316 to right-handers and OPS 855 to 668. So he definitely hits. Oh, and he strikes. Well, he probably doesn't. He probably doesn't face him. He strikes out way less. But like, how many at bats do we have? Far less at bats. 61 versus left-handed pitchers versus 656. So the odds of him facing left-handers are pretty low in his career. Not, not in his favor. Um, yeah, yeah. I, just, I don't know. I don't think that's crushing it. Like literally, the the emphasis and he crushes yeah. by Danny Mac. 
Like I would have been like, he hits three fifteen, and you know, just shows some power. Now he does have thirteen home runs against lefties versus eighteen home runs against righties, and that's a significant amount of games difference. But even that, like, yeah, no, yeah, crushing it. So yeah, there's another overstatement for Harrison Bader. We're just on his <laughs> on his nuts a little bit, I think. Yeah, so, and I, I will say, like, just looking at it, I've been thinking about that. They, uh, like, because they also talk about, like, him um, versus a starter, you know, so, like, kind of, like, maybe the first time seeing a guy or seeing them a couple times in a game. Um, and he does bat 280 against left-handed starters. Um, and I will say, like, I think that Bader definitely is above average defensively. Um, like, I think he has the potential to win a gold glove out there. I don't know that he will. I mean, outfield's pretty loaded in the NL, in my opinion. Um, so it'll be tough. But I could see, like, the argument that, you know, Bader could be, you know, because because there is no DH, like, you could have situations where, like, you pinch hit with, like, Carpenter. And if Carpenter gets on... I get that that's hypothetical. Carpenter walks. Then you could pinch run for Carpenter with Bader to put some speed on the bases. Um, if Molina gets a base hit late in the game, you could pinch run with Bader and then sub Kisner in to to go that route. Um, so he has some versatility that you could exploit some of the other things that he does well. Um, but I think if you're going to have him take, you know, like, let, let's see, like 2019... How many at bats did he have? Um, he played, you know, 130 games. Played 140 games in 2018. So if you're gonna have him, you know, taking 400, you know, having 400 plate appearances, you're the you're not gonna get offensive production from that position. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I I think that you have guys like Austin Dean, you know, who are showing, you know, that they're, they're capable of hanging with major league pitching. Again, it is spring training. So take everything with a grain of salt, a grain of salt, Jesus. Um, like I don't think Tyler O'Neill's a 400 hitter and he's batting 394 right now. Um, and on the flip side, like, yep. It's been on the steady decline a little bit, you know, for sure. And yeah. like, but, but again, like we, you know, like, he he has the capability of hitting like in that same aspect like DJ LeMay who's batting 243 in spring and he's much better than yeah. a 250 hitter um you know so like it it's going to come and go um i i think that like like Jay Bruce got off to a really hot start and then his numbers have kind of come back to normal um there's things like they're talking about Aaron Hicks batting in the 3 hole um, and how great he's looked there, and he's only batting 200. And I was like, well, statistically, like he doesn't look like a three-ball hitter. So maybe you guys are seeing more than what I what I'm hey, seeing. He crushes lefties, dude. Yeah, he just crushes so, them. something. Um, <laughs> so so it's just it's it's interesting that like you could find uses for these guys or whatever. Um, and because there because there's no DH in that aspect. Like, I think that Carpenter being able to play multiple positions in the infield is a a viable option for, like, defensive adjustments or something along those lines, like, when need to be. Because, like, 
Carpenter isn't going to kill you defensively. Um, I get he made an error today at first, but I don't know when the last time he played first is. And chances are it's going to be a rare occasion that he's playing at first anyway. Because uh, you're going to have Goldschmidt playing, you know, 150, 155 plus games a year anyway. Um, same with like Arenado at third. Um, if one of those two guys misses significant time, the Cardinals offense looks significantly worse anyway. Um, so you're you're hoping that someone <laughs> steps up and fills the void. Um, I get like Nagowski's looked phenomenal. Um, and you know, like his like, you know, brief, you know, showing. Um, I don't know what he did. Cause like, I know he was up last year and played a little bit and I don't think he did anything too spectacular. I don't think he was like, I don't think he was terrible, but he had like, he had two fifty and four at bats. Yeah. In 2020. Um, so, yeah, so really small sample size. Um, you know, if he did that, I think you'd be happy with it. Like, it would just be like that that backup scenario. Like I said, like he's probably going to play 10 games, you know, whatever. Um, on the other side of it, like, you're, you know, like, you're, you're not going to utilize him. You know, like, are, do you feel better about having, you know, you know, John Nagowski coming off the bat as a right-handed at bat, like right-handed pinch hitter or Carpenter with being, you know, left-handed. Um, you know, you're... Cause, cause I definitely don't feel good about anymore. Matt Carpenter coming off the bench. You don't think you can put him out in left field and just let him stand there? What, Nagowski? Yeah, dude. Well, then, well, if you're at that point now, you're taking away at bats from either Carlson, O'Neal, he's stealing a spot away from Dean... Yeah, like they're, you know, Lane Thomas. Like, if you just need a guy to stand out in left field, like, you have plenty of other options. Like, just run with one of those guys and don't worry about having a backup first baseman. I know, but you said, but you said he he probably couldn't play, or you were going to say he couldn't play any other positions. He he just doesn't. He doesn't play other positions. I'm not saying that's the best move. Yeah, Yeah, I got, yeah, yes. Like, he he could wear a glove. He probably could shag some fly balls. Yeah, but but you would hope that just no one hits it to him, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, like there, and so so I think like that to me is the argument that I would have that if it is Carpenter, the advantage he has is that from a defensive perspective, and that he can put together like key at bats, um, like again, like he he does like he hit the ball hard a couple times today. They were just right at guys, and so they turned into outs. And so obviously the stat line doesn't show that. It's a demo. Right. But at some point in time, like, well, yeah, he's hitting the ball hard right at guys. But it's because they shift him all the time and he can't go the other way. Yeah. So if he doesn't learn to hit the other way, like how, how much better would it be? You know, like that you, you have 13 strikeouts and 29 at bats, like, you know, or even if you want to count the walks, like, so in 36 plate appearances, you've struck out 13 times, like you're striking out like little more than once every three times you're up there. Like you're at the plate, you strike out like that's not a productive out. You're striking out at a higher clip than probably anybody else on the team. So it's hard to use the argument that like, well, he takes, he has productive at bats. Like he's going to move the runners or he's going to draw uh, walks. Like what if you have a situation that you 
cannot hit into a double play. You know, you're like, oh, it. We need to send the guy up that can't hit because if we hit no double play, we're gonna be out of this inning, and we need to just make it to the next guy. So you send Matt Carpenter up there, let him strike out, boom, eighteen million. Yeah, but you worth. could have you could have literally anybody go up there and not swing. Whoa, but. But not, but you're going to have to keep him on your team anyway, so now that's his job. The guy that goes up there and just doesn't um, swing. So, so yes, I get the new point role you're on making, the team, dude. but new role. that shouldn't be a, a reason. Hey, dude, well, I mean, we're making other excuses why, well, you know, there, like... There, are, just, no, there are no other excuses that I've used. We're just finding him a spot on the team. That dude, are you know? similar just, nature as that. We're just finding a spot on the team, you know? And, they're, and they're not even excuses. It's... It is like I I personally think like I in my opinion I don't know of who else it should be to fill a bench spot because I don't think you're doing Nagowski any good to have him sit the bench for you know all but five games ten games in a year and be productive like I think Nagowski was like up like was on the the major league roster for probably a pretty significant amount of time last year. And he only played in one game. Like, and I know it wasn't just like, Oh, we, we brought you up for this one game, you know? And like, he started, like it was, he was up there. I mean, cause it, there were 30 man rosters for a, a long portion of the season last year. Um, so I'm certain that he had that opportunity, like that there were opportunities. It just never presented itself because you have Goldschmidt at first. So if you have a guy that also only plays one position, it and that one position you don't really have a backup for. Because like if Goldschmidt gets hurt, then you'll move him to the IL and you just bring Nagowski up. Like there's a spot open for him now. Um, so it's not it's not a huge deal. Like it's not like it's gonna take a week for him to get there or something. Um, yeah, like he could be there the next day easily. Um, so I think with the advantage that Carpenter has is that there isn't anyone else that has the same versatility to cover essentially every position on the infield. Cause they even tried Edmund out. He played a little bit of shortstop today. Um, so if like DeYoung goes down, you would just shift Edmund to shortstop and Carpenter can play second. Um, if you need someone to fill in at third, like you can move Edmund to third or Carpenter can just play third or Edmund moves to third and Carpenter plays second. If Goldschmidt goes down, Carpenter can play first. Like, he can at least get you through a game until you can figure out what your full-time solution is going to be, depending on how significant the injury is or something along those lines. Like, maybe Arenado just takes one on the elbow, and it's got a little tinge in his hand, so they pull him to be precautionary, and you need someone to play defense for two innings. Carpenter can fill that role. Nagowski can't. Um so I, I think that that like you don't have anyone else that has that type of flexibility that's doing any better. Um, if like Sosa were batting 300, you know, like if if Sosa's numbers were Nagowski's numbers, then I would say all day Carpenter shouldn't be on the team. Like Sosa can just fill that utility role and you're good to go. But he's batting 118. Yeah, you know, like so, like he doesn't get on base either. Like his on base do you have Jose, <laughs> Do you have Jose Rondon on the team or off the team? Um, so for me, I would say off the team, 
and it's just mainly because I don't think that he's ready to be there. Um, and I think that he's going to be more of a guy of the future for the Cardinals. Um, like I, he's, I get that he's a little older, like he's in like that. I think like his 26, 27 right now. Um, yeah. but I think that like, this would be you figuring out like, like, okay, here, here's where we're at. Like you're going to be our triple a guy to start. And so I think that like Rondon would fall into that situation where like, I want you to get every day at bats. And if I have you in the majors, you aren't going to play every day. You're going to fill in. And if I just want a guy to fill in and not get looks, I want that to be Matt Carpenter. Like I can't send you down <clears throat> to the majors or to the minors. Cause you're we're yeah. going to have to cut you. We're paying you the 18 million. Rondon can be down in the minors. He can be in Memphis. He can play every day. And then if something happens that you need a long-term solution, he can easily be called up. So I just, I, I don't want, I don't think the play should be to let any of those guys not get every day at looks in competitive games. Like Nagowski, Rondon, like they need to play every day down there. Cause at worst case scenario, you're building up their value. Um, so I said like, uh, Rondon is 27, um, looking at Nagowski's 28. Um, so these guys are guys like you might be able to trade. Like they're at their point, like, you know, they're at that, like Ryan Ludwig aspect, essentially. Like these would be some, some old ass rookies, you know, but they're probably not going to be everyday starters, but they could be like a great depth piece. Like it could be something that you package together somewhere, you know, like a Pittsburgh or something like that to, to bring in, you know, a piece that you need. I, I don't know if Pittsburgh has anything that the Cardinals would need. Um, I don't really know what the Cardinals are missing at this point um, other than depth pieces. And so that's why maybe you just, well, like, let these guys roll. But, like, what, Goldschmidt's under contract for how much longer now than they re-sign him? Like, six years or something like that? He's got a couple years left for sure. Yeah. Um, so, like, you're... Yeah, I mean, are just... Like, besides my Carpenter, though, I mean, like, the... I mean, Paul DeYoung also worrisome that he's not hitting as he didn't really hit last year either. Um, I, like, there's a lot of positions just not hitting. Um, that, well, I mean, we talked extensively that Paul DeYoung needed to hit. Like, this, he was going to need to hit, especially if some other guys didn't hit to hit. So, like, is that fear there? Yeah. I, I, so, I get what you're saying. Like, if it's that one day, like, cool, Matt Carpenter's got a cover for Paul DeYoung. But if it's sustained time, like, Correct. Are we just gonna say like we're just gonna throw away the year? Like we're just done with it? Like Matt no, Carpenter, like whatever that move is, better be like cool. This was a short term thing. Matt Carpenter, buy. See you later. Here's your two million dollar buyout, and like move on to like someone who could potentially help us win. Because um, Matt Carpenter's just not gonna help you win. So I just prefer not to see him in the lineup and figure it out without him. Is all I'm saying. For sure. And and I think that like as a long term solution. Matt Carpenter is never the answer unless it's who can we trade off to get a long-term solution. <laughs> then the answer would be Matt yeah. Carpenter. Um, but good luck finding that deal. I mean, maybe I guess like if DeYoung goes down, Colorado's trading Trevor story at some point. So maybe you can get him for Matt Carpenter. Um, Cause their GM sucks apparently. Um <laughs> 
but but yeah, like, I, I just I I don't think it's worth like yes there there are guys that are probably deserving of being on the club. Do do I think that they're like they're gonna be you know like the next you know, like Luis Robert or the next Fernando Tatis Jr. You know whatever like no probably not. Um, they could be though like the next like Jesus Aguilar you know just this kind of no name type guy that comes in and hits a whole bunch of home runs for Milwaukee and then finds himself a starting role in Miami. And he's, you know, he's a above average first baseman. Um, it's like, yeah, like Nagowski could totally be that. Like he just puts it together for a month when Goldschmidt's down and he turns that into like, Hey, I'm going to find like, I have value. So I'm going to go this route. Like, I don't, I don't even know when some of these guys are free agents. Um, Let's see. Let's see if this if these guys are even on. Um, I would just like to click click into here. Um, so he signed. Weird. Okay, so I guess maybe he who we have Nagowski. So it looks like he no. had a he got a signing bonus with Oakland in 2014, and then he signed a one-year deal with the Cardinals last year. So I'm guessing he's already through like his minor league deal. Um, yeah, because he was drafted yeah, in 2014. Uh... Yeah, so baseball reference doesn't have much on them at all. Yeah, so I don't, you know, I don't know. They have, the only thing they have is twenty twenty numbers on them. Yeah, really. so I don't, I don't know what he's That's making that. this year. Wait, who do you have him drafted by? He got drafted by Oakland. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I thought you said a different team for a second. No. Yeah, so I don't know if they like signed him to like a minor league contract or something. Googling his name. Um J Nog. Big old J Nagi. Little Wikipedia. Uh he was the position of independent professional baseball. Uh, and then St. Louis Cardinals purchased his contract in 2017. He finished the 2017 season with the Double A Springfield Cardinals. He would spend most of 18 with them, batting 309. He spent 2019 in the AAA Memphis Redbirds, batting 295 and 380 at bats, while coming in third in the PCL with 69 walks, 10 hit by pitch, and tying for fourth by grounding into 15 double plays. He was called up to the majors the first time in 2020. He made his major league debut against the White Sox and got his first hit off of your boy, Dallas Keuchel. Yeah, I just don't know what the what it means with like they purchased his contract. It's like, I guess it was like a. Yeah, he was playing for the American Association of of Independent Professional Baseball. 
It's in Oak Okay, Country, so he got released. Yeah, so he got released by Oakland before the before the season started in 2017. Then he was playing independent pro ball. Then the Cardinals purchased his contract and they're like, "Hey, here you go. We're we're going to buy this guy off of you." Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I'm assuming he's just making like you know, next to nothing or whatever in the minors. Um, but I would assume at this point it's like, oh, they're one-year deals all the time. So the other side of it would be if he does come up and he has a, a, a good year, like he could easily test like free agency and find another deal somewhere else, I would think. Um, but I don't, I don't know for sure. Like baseball contracts and like eligibility and whatnot are just like one of the most confusing things in all of sports. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. Um I feel you. Yeah. So so there I guess there's there's that side of it as well. Um not that it not that it should deter them by any means. Um it's just, you know, like that's gonna be how it goes, I guess. Um, hey, that's how the cookie grumbles. Yeah, <clears throat> and I, and I feel like it's thing. like it's more of the same. Like I feel like the Cardinals have the same situation in so many scenarios. Um, mm-hmm. And I I just I don't I don't know. Like statistically, it looks like they're easy decisions, and like that there's some depth on there. Like you know the fact that they're you know probably on the verge of like sending you know say like. Dean and, and Williams say they get sent back to Memphis. You know, Dean's batting 296. Williams only hitting 230. Um, but, you know, a high a high valued prospect. Um, Nagowski batting 390. They're going to send him back to Memphis. Um, you know, like, they, they, it's just a, a handful of guys. Um, you know, like, there's still guys like, you know, Nolan Gorman in, in the wings, uh, Libertor in the wings. Like, it's like there's these these key you know hot button names that looks like there's all this depth that exists in in the organization, but if you if I were to tell you like going into this regular season if it were Nolan Gorman at third and John Nagowski at first the uh, like people wouldn't be talking about the Cardinals as a contender by any means. So I like, I just, I'm not certain what the meaning of depth is anymore. Like, yep. You have a guy that isn't going to like, it's better than nothing, but you aren't, uh, you know, you're not a 95 win team with Nolan Gorman and John Nagowski in your everyday lineup. Right. And if there's it's like, if you have significant injuries to either one of those guys, your team gets significantly worse. That to me isn't depth. Like the only place that they really have depth is the outfield because I do think you have guys like Lane Thomas, Austin Dean, Justin Williams that could step in and be productive at the major league level. If O'Neill were to get hurt or you finally pull the plug on Bader or Carlson struggles or gets hurt or something along those lines, like you, you have a means of, of bringing, you know, someone up that the production isn't going to fall off a cliff. And I get the like Goldschmidt and Arenado are, you know, to, perennial all-stars and some of the best at their position but 
like and and a lot of teams are going to be impacted heavily by that um but like it it just like i i think back like compare it to the yankees like when stanton and judge went down like other guys on the team stepped up and like you had a huge season out of void um lemayhew just was beating the cover off the ball um when sanchez went down like higashioka stepped up in a big way. It was really hitting the ball at the end of the year last year. Uh, Mike Talkman was great. Clint Frazier was great. Like, so you had some guys come up and they stepped up. Um, and then you had other guys that were everyday starters just tear it up. And I don't know who that, uh, like if Arenado or Goldschmidt went down, I don't think you can rely on DeYoung to like all of a sudden find it. Um, like you're, if, if it's, like in Goldschmidt and Arenado can't do it all themselves anyway. So you, if that's all that's happening, the Cardinals are already having a bad season. Um, yeah. So you have to assume that like, if it isn't DeYoung currently doing it, then O'Neal's hitting or Molina's hitting or Carlson's hitting, you know, cause like you're, if you're going to be winning a lot of games and you probably have four five, six guys that are, that are putting together, like maybe they're not like MVP type seasons, but they're, they're tough at bats. Like they're batting, you know, 250 to 300. Like they're, you know, having a good year, you know, like a year, like what you would expect they're above average. So if, if everyone in your lineup's doing that, then great. Like you can afford a little dip off somewhere and your team would probably still be fine. Cause everyone else is going to carry that slack. Um, yeah. Like if, if that were to be the case, then you're going to win maybe, maybe with Nagowski and Gorman, you win 90 games instead of a hundred. Um, but I just, I don't think that any makeup of the Cardinals team is a 100 win team unless someone's just absolutely playing outside themselves, which is possible. Um, so that, that's like, I just don't think offensively they're very deep. Um, I think that they could withstand a few injuries and they have year after year in the rotation at this point. Um, you know, like with Michael seemingly not being ready to go, if Martinez continues to struggle, like if Kim isn't 100%, which I mean, it seems like he's kind of riding the ship and getting healthy Flaherty, you know, pitched pretty well today. You got Wayno being Wayno, but there's tons of options for guys that have had major league success behind them. Um, so that to me is depth. Um, your bullpen's being lo- reloaded back up. Like granted, you lost some guys like Brebby is gone. Um, you know, Gomber's gone. Um, who, you know, pitched out of the bullpen a little bit, you know, the last couple of years, but like you're getting Hicks back. Um, you know, it's like there's, like they can afford, like they had guys like Cabrera and Gallegos that emerged last year. Um, you know, it's like if it, if things go south, they have like that next up type mentality, like the Yankees dealt with in their lineup. I just don't know who, I expect that to be. Um, yep, I think it was pleasantly surprising, like when Talkman was hitting home runs and like, you know, just the the slew of guys that kind of came out of nowhere and hit for a little bit, and maybe it was only a week at a time or whatever. But like, Gardner finding his power swing, um, Torres, you know, heating up for a week, like that's what you anticipate, like that's what you expect those guys to do, and I don't know who that would be from the Cardinals. You know, what, Matt Carpenter? <laughs> like, you gotta be Matt. Yeah, I, I just you don't. Be Matt, dude. I don't know. So, like, that that's the part that worries me. Like, and and it's dumb. It's dumb. Like, that's the way it goes. Like, 
you can't you can't spend a ton of money on your bench because you're like, well, we just need to be prepared. We need another all star in case one of our all stars gets hurt. You know, granted, that's what they're doing this year. I just think it's a very bad model because you have Carpenter, who's a former all star, that's making eighteen million dollars, and he's going to be essentially your backup player to everybody. Um, it's a very expensive backup player. Um, but again, I think it's it's just the the one year. Like I think that your the makeup looks significantly different. Um, I just don't know who who that better role is. Like it's like I think that the Cardinals team looks significantly better if Colton Long's still a part of it. Oh hell yeah! Like if, but if yeah, like if then... Long's there and Edmund is that utility guy, then you can partner. Edmund along with like Nagowski and be like, all right, like this is where it's at now. Like Nagowski is our backup first baseman in an emergency situation. And Edmund, you're backing up literally everywhere else. Um, And Carpenter, like we don't have, we don't have a need for you. Yeah. And that's what we talked about last week. Like Edmund can quickly play um, shortstop when Paul DeYoung continues to struggle. Mm -hmm. At the start of the season, like it'd be a quick, like, cool, all done. Like, gonna work on your swing on the bench. Appreciate it. Um, you know, and give them some time. But yeah, I, it's, we're just not gonna be afforded those luxuries this year. Yeah, like, I think that it's worthwhile. Like, I would like to see them entertain the idea of like getting Molino reps at first base. Like, I know he's played there before, but his knees aren't gonna be what they always have been. Um, in an emergency situation, like, it would be nice to, to see him, like, hey, like, we're going to have you play first base and let Kisner be behind the plate. I mean, they've given Kisner, I mean, he's split pretty much the, uh, for sure. And are him I and Yachty think... are in the same games. Like, you know, Yachty, I think Yachty's played maybe one more game or two more games now. If, uh, Yachty played today, uh, but they've been giving Kisner some look for sure. Yeah. And, and I think that it's the, the right play. Like, I think it's definitely the, the yeah. route it should go. Um, you know, and, and there's other options that were in there too, like Ali Sanchez like wasn't having a terrible spring. Um, Heineman wasn't, you know, having a terrible spring. Um, I mean Heineman like in his limited looks, he was batting five hundred. You know, yeah. like um Yeah, you know, not so, looking bad at the catcher position for yeah, sure. So like we're stacked at a we're stacked at like one to two, like may like Maybe like I'd there still seems to be a lot of depth in the outfield. Like we'll see how it continues to play out. But like pitching, catching, and you know, outfield, like you're pretty much set. Like it's pretty crowded. Like you're gonna struggle to get guys to play. Oh, and third base. Um, but man, really past that. Um, and even that, like you you add in the outfield because like you're still not sure, right? Like you don't know which one of those guys it is. So like you're still a little unsure about that. So it's it's a little unnerving, right. but, um, and it, you, you feel like, cool. You got a week and a half for the start of the season. Does this really clean itself up in the next week? Uh, probably not. Yeah, and like, like I just, I don't know. Like, cause, cause again, like we've talked about it, like you're going to carry, you know, a, probably a fourth and fifth outfielder, you know, definitely at least a fourth, you yeah. know, potentially a fourth and fifth outfielder. So at this point, like, I feel like Austin Dean's played his way onto the team. Um, you know, but like if Lane Thomas has options left and Dean and, and or Williams don't, 
then does Thomas, is he the, the first one to get called up? Like to just travel north with the team? You know, do you just go like, all right, like we're, we're just going to run with four outfielders and we're going to bank on Bader to figure things out, you know? Or do you potentially like send Bader to Memphis knowing that he doesn't have options? Let's see, let someone try to pick him up. Well, <laughs> well, if, if he just, if you send him down before the season starts, then he doesn't have to clear waivers. Mm, I get you. So it's only like if they put him on the 26 man roster. Um, and then they remove him from the 26 man at like the 26 man active roster. Does he have to clear waivers if he's not going on the IL? Um, so it, it, it just, you know, how long of a leash does Bader get? Um, how long of a leash does DeYoung get? Um, how long of a leash does Carpenter get if you do have him as a bench guy and he's just continues to be abysmal? Um, how long of a leash do you give to like a starter like Carlos Martinez? Um, if Kim isn't seemingly back to finding his velocity, um, if Michaelis is still dealing with like his sol- his shoulder impingement, like how long before you're just like, hey dude, like sorry, we need to move forward with different plans. Um, so I, that's the whole thing. Is that like, I, I, my concern is that they are, like it. It reminds me so much of like the situation I dealt with in like high school basketball, that like I was kind of like the backup point guard. Our point guard struggled. I came in, was f- like far more familiar with how to run an offense versus just playing kind of like pickup ball on organized ball ran the offense. And then as soon as like, I kind of showed what needed to be done, the coach was immediately like, okay, you saw what to do now get back in there and do it. And I was just like, cool. Thanks. Like I sure, whatever. Appreciate it. Um, so at the same time, if they're like Bader, we're going to sit you or we're going to send you to Memphis and he hits 350 down there. And even if say like it's O'Neill Carlson and Dean and they're all batting, you know, 275 to 300 and Bader's tearing it up down there. And you're just like, Oh, well our dream lineup is O'Neill Bader Carlson. So sorry, Dean, like you're out of the picture. Like we're calling Bader back up cause he's hitting down in Memphis and this is the guy we're going to go with. And you're just, you know, sending a guy down having him sit not giving him at bats and then like he was swinging a hot bat and i took that away from him um like that's the concern that i think that they do like they're gonna like you know almost mike Matheny the situation that like he just had his guys and that's who he played (laughs) and it didn't matter what what was happening it was just like if you're healthy you're going out there like i don't care that you pitched last night as well for you know 40 pitches like we're throwing you again tonight because we need you and this is your situation yeah i would i would think worse coming worse here i mean the cardinals were were often some contract at the end of the year um and we already have like kind of a new core group to start building around we do have some young guys like it wouldn't surprise me if this year you know like or at the end of the year we see like us like a soft reset of um like more a bigger landscape change of the cardinals you know um i don't know what that would be but it wouldn't surprise me if we kind of 
held off this year and see and see some more moves next year. I wonder if the wonder if the wonder how much different the team looks. I wonder if you know if the Paul DeYoung again if if he struggles, um, are, are we going to watch that two years in a row? You know, so definitely some concern. Um, luckily, we play in the NL Central though, so um, it will. We will talk about this, and then it will all be masked because they'll win like ninety-one games um, somehow, and they'll be like, "We're so good." Like, man, which I, I well, Harris, think is Harrison a Bader crushes lefties. Harrison yeah. Bader crushes lefties. Yeah, you are right. He is good, so you know he'll play. That's, so I that's true. like that's that's the real part about this is that we're probably right, and then they'll win ninety-one games, and we'll still be right, but it just won't look like we're right. So, because they'll lose in the first round. That's how we'll know we're right. How many playoff games do they win? That's when we'll know. We'll look back to this day, March 22nd, and be like, we were right. Right. That was it. Yeah. We were right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and it's it'll it's interesting to see, because like I said, there, there's other aspects of it where, like, you know, like we talked about, they do have quite a bit coming off the books. Like, the committed payroll for 2022 is, is pretty low. Granted, it's looks a little higher now with the Arenado trade. Um, but like you probably have Martinez coming off the books. Um, you know, unless he has a huge rebound. I I can't imagine that he like unless he has like a Cy Young type season, I can't imagine them picking up the seventeen million dollar option. Like maybe they re sign him. I just can't imagine them paying him seventeen million dollars. Um but like Bader, Flaherty still in arbitration Hicks will be in arbitration, which, you know, he was out all last year. It's so, like he didn't really didn't really have much of an argument to make more money this year. Um, but you have, like, Hudson going into arbitration eligibility. Um, O'Neal goes into arbitration eligibility. Justin Williams goes into arbitration eligibility. It's so, like these guys are obviously probably going to get some pay raises. Um, Ray is going in that right direction. And you still have guys like Helsley, Edmund, Kisner, Ponce de Leon, like they're all still pre-arbitration. Um, so there's there's definitely going to be some guys that they start making more money that are currently on the team that probably aren't going anywhere. Um, so, so yeah, some of it's spent already. Um, but there there's just not a lot of guys. Like, you know, like there's only, you know, like even just looking ahead to like 2022, like there's only 19 guys that are currently under, like that are currently under contract at that level. Um, and then I guess like there's some stuff like I, and I, I don't know how it shows on this. Cause like Dylan Carlson isn't on this list and obviously he, he will be where it's at. So like, I don't know if they're yeah, he's, he's like, playing. if they only make it, if they're, Oh, I went the wrong way. Like, let me see real quick what 2021 shows. Is he on this list? Um, he is not. Oh no, he is. And he's. They show him as like pre-arbitration. What is this thing? Oh, okay. Two A, two A, two A. Yeah. So I don't. I don't. I don't know. Um. Because they're showing that there's like 27 guys active on the list right now. Because uh, it's guys like Edmundo Sosa and like Cody Whitley are on this list for 2021. Um, but they aren't listed for 2022. But I would assume those guys are also under contract still. 
you know, because they're just under like their probably their entry level contract, which is six <laughs> years. Um. So. I don't. I don't know, or maybe like if it's if they don't have options left, this is where they're at. Well, no, because there's still guys on here with options. I don't, I don't fucking know. Like DeYoung technically has three waiver options still. So like if they wanted to send him down, like they easily could. Um. But like, this is like Bader has an option, like one option left. So if you need to send him down to Memphis at any point in time this year, then any future years, like he would have to clear waivers as well. So like you're getting to the point where you kind of have to like shit or get off the pot with like, okay, this is who we're going to run with for our future. Or we need to look at another solution because we can't just keep sending him down to Memphis to figure this shit out. Right. We'll see. Yeah, and then on like on the other side of the coin, like with the the Yankees, like I I feel like they have like I don't know, like I don't know where their depth comes from. Like I I I don't know. Like I I feel the same way and like I don't know if maybe it's just like they have guys that have shown capability of being successful or, you know, finding success at the major league level. So I feel more comfortable with it. But at the same time, like they have, like none of those guys are really producing, like, like looking through yeah. it right now for like at bats. So um, let's go, like, let's cut it. Like, all right. It's like Miguel Andujar has had 15 at bats. Um, so he's batting 133. Socrates Berto, who was like a guy they picked up, supposed to be good young talent, batting 167. Higashioka, 150. Tyro Estrada, 190. Um, Gardner and Stanton doing what they should. Gardner's at 273. Stanton's a little under 400. But Mike Ford, 130. Derek Dietrich, 174. Uh, Talkman, 208. Tyler Wade, 192. Urshela, 192. Voight, 214. Bruce, 207. Hicks, 200. Yeah. Uh, Gary Sanchez, 176. Yeah. Aaron Judge, 235. LeMahieu, 243. Torres, 242. You know, so it's like no one on the team is hitting really at all. You have like Frazier at 300. Stanton batting like 391. Um, Judge has no home runs. And spring, Voight has no home runs in spring. Uh, Stanton has one home run, so it's just like they don't—they don't look like the team. Like it doesn't look good on paper. Um, really, mm-hmm. like I—I I don't know much about like this Rob Brantley kid. It may not even be a kid, <laughs> but he's just the best guy on the team yeah. he's yeah so he's 31 it's so definitely not a kid not a kid not no, a kid like he's played <laughs> he played two seasons for detroit didn't really appear in many games um so it looks like he's just kind of been like maybe a, a backup emergency type catcher 
you know, 137 games in the majors, 240 at bats. He's a career 317 hitter. Um, or is this just spring? Did they do this to me again? They did do this to me again. Okay. Yeah, they just on. just put your spring training yeah, stuff up there. Get, get out of here. Go back. Let's see. This probably doesn't look as great. Okay. So, yeah. So two seasons uh, with Miami at the, at the majors. Um, part of two different seasons with the White Sox. A season with the Phillies. Well, 2019 played one game with the Phillies. Last year he played one game with the Giants. Um. Nothing outstanding. He's a 228 hitter like that. That makes significantly more sense. But in spring, so he's played in seven games, nine at bats. He's batting 333. He has two home runs and five RBIs. Like he's got three hits, two home runs. Like let's let's give this dude a look. Like let's carry him on the team. You know, if if Fagashioka isn't gonna catch for Cole anymore. Yeah, like well, I'm, I'm Higgy better play. He's gonna be on my team. Dude. I'm going from a situation where I had like, oh man, if we can just piecemeal together a somewhat decent rotation, this would be great because our offense is gonna be stellar, and the offense just looks like poop. Like they don't look good. Um, even in situations like they're yeah, like what Yankees have played like 20 games, maybe a little more than that because they don't show ties. Um. So they play like 20 plus games and they're only at like 79 runs scored. Like that's almost near the bottom of, you know, run scored. Like if I look like, if you look at like the cactus league, like maybe pitching over there is just shittier, but like they'll like they've scored less runs than every other team of the 15 teams that are in the cactus league. Um, I mean, maybe they're playing against teams that have good pitching. I don't, I don't know. I mean, what I think they're playing like Philadelphia, Baltimore, um, Pittsburgh. And I think there's one other team, Toronto, I think it's like Mm -hmm. the other team that they're playing on a fairly regular basis. It's like it, none of those teams seem great. (laughs) <laughs> but they only have like 79 runs scored but like you know like that's like on the the low end um you know and then like we you look at it like in a situation with like the the cardinals so in comparison to like the other teams they're playing against like they have 86 runs scored um miami only has 77 washington is 79 um the mets have 81 and Houston has 74, and Houston just looks terrible this year. So, like, of the teams the Cardinals are playing, like, they have more runs scored than any other team um, in their games. And it's like, I, I think that that's just like, uh, okay, so maybe stats are skewed a little bit, and they're producing runs, you know, whatever. Um, and at the same time, like, of all of those teams, the Cardinals have let up more runs than any of those other teams. You know, it's like of their little group. Um, and some of it's by like a significant amount. Yeah. Um, like Cardinals have let up 96 runs. Um, Mets are at 71. Um, Washington's at 84. Um, I forget who else they play. Miami, 
that only has 63 runs against. Um, and there's one other team. Who else are the Cardinals playing? Are they playing the Astros? Yeah. Okay. And then the Astros have 83 runs against. Um, so like they have, so the Cardinals have more runs scored, but they also have significantly the have more. 50 trash can runs. Yeah, <laughs> true. Um, so it's just like, I, I don't know like how much, you know, to, to buy into it or how much not to buy into it or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, cause I feel like that that tells a very different story than what we would anticipate going into the season that like the Cardinals probably have one of the better pitching staff in the league and their offense is probably slightly above average to slightly below average in the league. But with the teams they are matching up with, like it doesn't look that way. Like I would definitely say on paper, the Astros have a better offense than the Cardinals, but the Cardinals have scored, you know, a decent amount of runs more for it only being, you know, 15 20 games yeah you know if you're scoring a run more a game like that's a pretty big deal um you know so i i i don't know maybe maybe this like come the end of april this won't be relevant and we'll be like ah spring training was bullshit you know yeah like like, where's you're i mean you are trying to analyze spring training right like you're you're probably supposed to take more of the pros out, but I mean, it's just so easy to look at the negative all the time. Right. And see it, especially in spring training when guys could literally like maybe not care about their batting average because they're specifically working on, you know, a part of their swing or something, which you would hope then translates to betting better battery average, better on base percentage, but you never know. Like you you hope when it's bad that that's the case that like, Hey, we're just, we're just working on some things, you know, you know, right. Cause like, you know, we were, you know, for as much as we were ripping apart, like Carpenter and DeYoung, I mean, like, I feel like Gary Sanchez is in the same boat. And like, I, I think that it's, it's worth calling out. I mean, he's batting 176. He's struck out 14 times. Like that just yeah. isn't good. But like, yeah, he has six hits and three of them are home runs. Right. So sure, yeah. like if he if he gets you know yeah, but weren't like two of those home runs like the first week or something? Yeah, they they were. Yeah. I think all of them were in like the first, probably the first yeah. ten games. I think because I remember Gary Sanchez at least two weeks ago we were talking about. Oh yeah, look at that yeah, Gary like, Sanchez. Here it is. And so up. he's one of those that like man, two weeks did not wear on him well. No, like he just <laughs> disappeared for two yeah, weeks, gone. and that was the problem that he had at the plate. Is like he would put it together for like the stretch of like four games and then he'd disappear for 12 and that can't, you just can't do that. And yeah, maybe it's just reading too much into it. And like, I haven't analyzed it at a level with like, Oh, well like his, his contact rates up or he's, you know, he's trying a different approach during these two weeks. Cause they're trying to show that like, well, what happens when you when you're aggressive early in the account in the count? Okay, here's what your stat line was. All right, well here, like now I want you to take pitches, and we want you to get into a situation where you're batting behind in the count, and you know it isn't working for him. Like maybe that kind of conversation is going on. Maybe it's like, hey, I want you to try to push this ball to right field. Um, you know, and it's not it's not just like go up there and do this. Like this is the time to try to figure out what works for you and what doesn't. So maybe, maybe that's what's going on. 
um, in the same sense that like on the pitching side of things where like we've talked quite a bit, you know, like uh, Carlos Martinez, like his ERA is still above a 10, um, 11 innings pitched. He's given up 13 runs. Um, it's not good by any means. He's walked more guys than he's struck out. Not good by any means. But if you then come to find out that, well, the big reason why that's happening is because he's trying out this new grip on a changeup and it just hasn't equated to outs yet. Like it just isn't where we need it to be. And come the regular season, he isn't going to throw that. And that's what he's getting punished on. Then those numbers look significantly different. So, or, or they, they seem far less relevant. Um, and I guess like we just don't have the insight to where that's at. Like, I guess my, my assumption would always be like, you practice like you play. Um, so you should only be working on something at this point, like getting ready for the upcoming season. Um, yeah, I think like if, you know, if Garrett Cole wanted to work on a new pitch, sure. Um, if Wayno wanted to work on a new pitch, sure. If Flaherty wanted to work on a new pitch, sure. Like if you're a guy that's like, Hey, last year wasn't great for you. Yeah, like we need you to turn it around. Like he's playing for a seventeen million dollar option. He should be like, dude, like I just want to dazzle from start start to finish. Like from the time frame that I arrive in mid February till we stop playing baseball at some point in October, I'm putting my best foot forward and showing everybody that I'm worth every penny I'm gonna earn next year because this is where I wanna be. You know, like and that that, that isn't happening. Like I don't know in what scenario that like having a whip of over two is good. Um, especially when you look at like Gallegos, like he's pitched like right around six innings, 2.47 whip. So basically two and a half walks and hits per inning pitched. That's terrible. Like you aren't getting guys out. Like you're not having good outings. You're getting hit around. Like you're walking four guys, like four guys in six innings. Like that's, that's terrible. Like you've given up 10 hits in those six innings. Like something isn't working. So to stop doing those things. Um, but that's like, okay, well in the, in the same aspect, like, well, Cabrera had, um, our guy had success last year. You know, we were talking about like that. He could be one of those key factors in the bullpen. Well, Thomas Parsons, guy that I haven't even heard of, he has nine innings pitched, his whips at point seven eight, you know, struck out some guys only walked two, he's only given up five hits in those nine innings. ZRA's at at a two. Uh he's pitched in six different games, so he's faced different lineups, different looks, different scenarios, and he's found success. So okay, well Parsons is in, Gallegos is going to Memphis. You know, like it I feel like it's not that cut and dry, like just looking at the stats. So like I try not to read into it too much, but then when I look at my team, I'm like, this doesn't make me feel good. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't like this feeling. <laughs> you know, like, um, yeah, like I, like I'm, I'm ecstatic about what the starting rotation has done. Yeah, the, your guys' starters look really good. Yeah, like the starters I, looking I, great, like. Debbie's Debbie Garcia couldn't like I just like Debbie Garcia. A I like the name and I like the I just like to watch him pitch, but like you couldn't ask for a better start from him. Um Corey Kluber looking good, Tyon looking good, like 
just really good. John, Jordan Montgomery, they're all just looking good. Like it's uh, yeah, like it, it is a very good, good problem to have. I mean, like yeah. I and I know way better than last year like, for sure. Just way like complete opposite problem you guys had last year. Correct. No pitching last year except one pitching, all the hitting. Now you got well again spring training, but all now sudden you got all the pitching and none of the hitting. Right. So so let's see. Like let's go back. Which I think hitting would come easier than pitching, so it's not a bad spot to be in. Like I, I think I think you have good hitters. Like that's that's the one thing you definitely have. You have proven good hitters. So um, so here like twenty twenty, looking at spring training hitting stats for twenty twenty for the Yankees. Um, so like, uh, Torres hit two fifty, Lemayhu two ninety four, Voit two ninety four. Um, Frazier 321. Um, Sanchez 0.087. Um, I don't think so. Stanton, like, very limited. I don't think Judge really had any at bats. I think he was hurt really by this time. Yeah, he had seven at bats, but he hit 429. Seven at bats, he had three hits, all of them were home runs. You know, no, no home runs this spring. Um, and I get that, like, maybe it's a different approach. Like, maybe, maybe that comes into play. Like, maybe they're doing, you know, they're doing more yoga than um, weight training. Like, maybe, maybe it'll make a difference. You know, like, I I would much rather, you know, Stanton and Judge not miss, you know, 140 games each. Um, I'd like them to be on the field. But it's just like, those are those are numbers that you hope to see in in spring, and that's where we want it to be. Um, and I guess on on the flip side, like um, you know, in four starts, like JA Hap had a 1.38 ERA over 13 innings pitched. Uh, Tanaka two two ERA over nine innings. Uh, Cole and Devi Garcia both had seven ERA. Like Garrett Cole gave up four home runs and in nine innings pitched last year in spring. So it's like maybe maybe it doesn't doesn't really matter. Like so so maybe these stats are just just that and like they don't really give a shit and no one cares. Um you know, Chapman only pitched at two innings in spring last year. Um you know, Britain only threw six innings. Chad Green only pitched five innings. Holder only pitched four. Canely only pitched five. So like no one was even like they weren't even really getting a lot of exposure or a lot of a lot of time on the mound in these situations. Um, and I'm assuming that this is probably just the like the one month of spring that they had or the couple weeks of spring that they had would be my assumption. Because um, like all like everyone's only at like 15, 13, 14 games. <laughs> Um, so I'm assuming it's just like that small bracket. I don't know what they did beforehand. Um, yeah, like I don't I don't know what they did with the stats from like the first spring training that existed. But I I don't I don't know. So I don't know what to what to make of it. Um, here let's go let's go back one more year 2019. See if anything sticks out. Yeah, like LeMahieu batted 205 in spring 2019. Um, yeah. Greg Bird hit 333. Um, and obviously he was terrible. But like, 
Gardner, <laughs> 394. Judge, 316. Stanton, 310. Voigt, 289. Torres, 289. Andujar, 347. Um, Urshela, 321. Yeah, like, the, like this is just like what what you would expect like okay like all right here here's where here's where we're at um you know judge hit six home runs stanton hit four void hit four torres hit four uh troy tulowitzki who was still a, a yankee at that point in time hit four hit 242 in spring so it's just like all right like where where's this at like why do we have no power numbers um like is that an indication of something different going on um are they just like slow playing it um you know granted they've had 17 different guys hit a home run this year like this spring but sanchez still leads the team with three and then rob brantley um and bruce torres talkman and frazier all with two so i mean it's not it's not pretty um but it's like, all right, like, well, let's, let's compare that. It's like, you know, Cardinals, they only have 11 guys that have hit home runs. And of their 11 guys, it's like Scott Hurst hit one of them. I don't even know who the hell that is. Uh, Max Moroff hit one of them. Uh, Rondon hit one of them. Ali Sanchez hit one of them. You know, Nagowski hit one. Williams Molina hit one. one. Yeah, so it's like Molina, Goldschmidt. Yeah, but the Cardinals aren't going to hit home runs. We're going to be in the bottom category for sure in home runs. We don't right. have a team built. But like, like Arenado has no home runs and he's batting 212. So it's like, ah, is that, are we worried? Like, is that a big deal? I, well, you know me, I worry about first year, uh, drop in performance. Like I was worried about it with, uh, your boy, John Carlos Stanton, even though I like to make fun of him. That's like, it's just a serious thing. It seems like well, even the best players, when they get in a new environment, Stanton uh, was stellar in his first year. <laughs> I know, but I still talk shit on him. I don't know if he, if I, if I get, if we get like stand type numbers, like 2018 stand type numbers, I will be very, very happy. Like hit 266, 38 home runs, 100 RBIs, played in 158 games. I'll take that. I will be yeah, very that, happy. There's the stat. You just want to. You're just shoot. You just need to shoot for like the hundred and like thirty game mark. You know, hundred and twenty games. Yeah. Now, now he played then over 2019, 2020. Which granted, 2020 was a shortened season. So, but he still only played in 23 of those 60 games, and he only played in 18 games in 2019. I'm just hoping that he continues <laughs> whatever he did, and like whatever he found in the postseason last year. He played in all seven games that the that the Yankees played in. Um, he hit 308. He hit six home runs, 13 RBIs. Um, I will take that. I will be very happy if he, you know, hits 308 and slugs over like over one. I will not be mad. I'll be very very happy. Um, now, if he only does that over seven games, I will be pissed. But if he does it over 150 games, I, no, I, you're not going to hear me complaining. I'll be very, very excited <laughs> about it. They're not complaining. You know, if, if anything, it might be like, oh, I'm complaining, you know, more so because, like, he didn't hit more. Um, oh, 
Trevor Bauer cruised through four innings pitched, but then gave up three yeah. Seattle home runs in the fifth. Apparently three bombs too. Yeah, that makes me that makes me smile. Yeah, I didn't. I was pretty excited. I wasn't. I wasn't going to get in your feng shui about uh um, about that, but I did see that. Um, and then I also saw breaking news here that uh, apparently Microsoft's buying Discord. So. Oh snap! Yeah, ten billion dollars. Jesus. I know, dude. That's crazy. I know we got to start something that sells for ten billion dollars. <laughs> I'll take ten. We'll sell the million. podcast. I'll, we'll sell the podcast for yeah. one billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. Already got a nice fan base going on. You guys can bring in whatever host you want. Doesn't matter. Pretty much just the naming rights at this point in time. Yeah. Uh, have at it. Yep. Yep. All yours. <clears throat> Hit up uh, the inner league at gmail.com. And so, and, and I don't know, like I, I think team, like guys are saying the right things coming out of spring. Like, um, I guess like Torres and LeMahieu have kind of like become better acquainted and like they have kind of a tighter bond now between the two of them in the middle infield. Um, and Torres feels like more confident than he has in recent years. And he thinks that that's going to equate to like better performance, which I hope so. Um, Judge and Stanton both seem pretty gung ho about being back and like they want to stay healthy and they know that that's what it, like they know how important that is. Um, so they're taking steps to do that. Like, I think Voight looks like he's in better shape than what he did previously. So, like, I think everyone's kind of buying into this new health mantra and they understand that, like, we could be so good if we stay healthy. Like, our team's really dangerous. Um, you know, uh, you know, it's like just, just something along the lines of that. Because, um, like, situations like tonight, like, um, so the starting lineup, LeMahieu, Judge, Hicks, Stanton, Torres, Bruce, Urshela, um, Sanchez, Frazier. Seems seems pretty reasonable that that could be uh, a, on the regular starting lineup. You're, you're probably going to have Voight in for Bruce under most circumstances. But having eight out of nine starters be how that is um facing off Aaron Nola which is one of the Phillies better pitchers granted but this is a guy that I expect them like they're going to be challenged this is a guy that they're they're going to need to hit um and he went six innings struck out nine gave up one hit Yankees mustered two hits all night got shut out like that I don't want to see that like don't don't do those things like <laughs> You know, we gotta yeah, gotta figure out what's going on. Like they struck out twelve times tonight. Like it's not gonna now granted like pitching on the other side of it, and like they had fourteen strikeouts. Um Tyon gave up one run over two and two thirds. Chad Green gave up a run and one and a third. And then uh, Justin Wilson gave up the the other two and he came out due to an injury, so clearly he wasn't at his best. You know, whatever. Um, but it's just like, hey, like we, like so like things things are going in the right direction. Like Stanton, like they said, like he won't be in the outfield for the Yankees for now. Like they're just gonna have him DH, and you know, like not not push it. Like I think that that's fine. Like you have Frazier, you have Talkman, you have Hicks, you have Gardner, 
you have judge like you you have depth that can go that can play out there you could probably get by with bruce out in right field if you needed to it's probably not ideal but yeah, and I'm looking at what happened with Wilson now. I guess like he called like through and like then asked for uh, medical to come out, but he had like only faced one batter and then the other count went full and they pulled him. So I'm guessing both those runs scored. So who pitched after him? I think it was like a nobody. Yeah, I don't know who Cortez is. It's not Nestor Cortez. Not a name that I've heard before, so not too worried about that. <laughs> Nestor? Yeah, Nestor. Was it Cortez? Yeah, Cortez. Uh, I thought I heard that name wrong for a second, but I didn't. So. <laughs> nope. I thought I was just over here. <laughs> You're making shit up. Of course, you paying attention. Yeah. Nestor Cortez. Oh, just saw an update on the Blues game, too. No, oh, dude, I, I don't even, like, look at the game anymore. Oh, every time I watch it, it's like, Nate and I were talking about it. It's like, we just try to lose games, I think. It's just, like, it just must be what it is. Because, like, or, like, we win so many games that we just lose, you know? Like, hey, we're winning this game. Time to lose. It's just, it's annoying. What's the score right now? Four to one. <laughs> uh, dude, what was the last game I turned on? The game versus the Kings uh, last week, and it was like three to nothing in the first. I turned it on with like four minutes left in the first. I'm like, it's already fucking three to nothing. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was one to one at the end of the second. Now it's four to one in the third. Ooh. Vegas taking nice, it to yeah. us. So uh, really I, don't, I don't know who Adam Barry is. Let's see. It looks like he's the beat reporter for the Rays. So this is on just like on our feed, um, on Twitter, but just the glass now. <laughs> yeah. So Tyler glass now has been begging Kevin cash to let him hit in games all spring. Glass now took swings in the cage the other day, preparing for opening day in Miami. Then texted cash last night, asking if he could hit during his backfield start today. Cash's response. Wrong number. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thought that was pretty good. Be like, uh, no, I'll just pull you, you know? So, and so this is, so this is just another, a prime example. Like, so you don't have guys do this very often. It's like, even, even NL pitchers don't, you know, don't, uh, don't bat all that often or whatever. Um, so I, I don't even know when the last time Glass now had an at bat was. Maybe all the way, like maybe going all the way back to like his time in Pittsburgh, like before he got traded to the Rays. So who who knows how long it's been, but there's the the threat of like the concern that potentially could happen is that something happens with him running the bases on opening day. And if some, like, say, like, he blows out his Achilles or something like that, something that's happened to Adam Wainwright running the bases, you know, or he gets into a collision at first, like Kyle Hendricks did in a spring game, 
you know, just the other day for Chicago. Like, it just puts them at risk doing something that they don't normally do, and it literally adds no entertainment to the game. You know, so, like, looking at Cardinals pitchers in spring training, they have accumulated two, four, six, eight, nine at-bats. They have zero hits, and they have five strikeouts. Mm. So 0 for 9 with five strikeouts. Who wants to see it? How does that add anything to the game? Dude, um, but Adam Wainwright is a pitch hitter, dude. 263 batting average. Yeah. No, Killing no thanks. Killing it. He was on a, he was on a, he was on an interview and he was apparently telling, uh, uh, like Mo and them is like, you guys got a, uh, you guys got a career, uh, you guys got anyone career pitch hitting, you know, like 260 or 270 or whatever, um, given his stats. And they were like, no. And they was like, well, you do. Those are my stats. Like I could pitch it for the team. It's like, he's just, you know, he's another one of those likes to hit. Um, yeah. He said, and- 10 home runs in his career. Cool. You know, like wonderful. Um, You know, pitchers across all of Major League Baseball have accumulated 10 hits in spring training. Let's see. There are... I mean, that's more hits than Matt Carpenter, and he's he's supposed to be able to hit her. All right, so let's see... How many pitchers have at bats? Because it's ten different pitchers. All of them only have one one hit. I'm trying to see how many pitchers have actually taken at bats. Oh, that's limited to just two pages. Okay. <laughs> um. So there are 47 pitchers that have taken at least one at bat. Um, I guess let's see here. To be fair, some guys could have walked. Okay. Nope. Nope. So, yeah, so there are two guys that I hadn't accounted for that they have zero bats where they did walk, so they have plate appearances. Um, Are there sacrifices on this? What if I go to expanded? Sacrifice. Um, so there are, there have been seven sacrifices, uh, performed by, by pitchers. And let's see if I can get like these plate appearances going here. Um, there's a lot more. Um, I just would just like to see a collective number. Oh, so first glance, like all I'm, all I'm going to show, like all I'm going to say is it's terrible. <laughs> Great. Um, well, of course, it's terrible, Max. Right. So I, I guess I just, I don't know what it brings to the game that's so phenomenal. Like, oh, managers have to make tougher decisions. Well, managers have to make tougher decisions as well, because like you can't just pitch around the number eight hitter with a guy on base. And there being two outs because the pitcher's on deck, and it's only the fourth inning, so you know they're not going to pull the starter. 
like, oh, I'm just going to pitch to this guy that's terrible. And like, yep, maybe the guy gets a hit, but chances are he probably won't. And it'll probably just be a strikeout. And it'll probably be like three pitches. And he'll just look bad, like, in doing it. Like, they, none of them really look good at the plate. Because they just don't yeah. ever do it. They don't but ever do it. It's an ESPN highlight if they get that, dude. Yeah, it's they just need, you know, so... ESPN's looking for those highlights, them web gyms. So baffling. But well, anyway, I could The good thing is that. you only have, like, another year yeah. left of it. Yeah, hopefully that'll go before. Because, you know, they only all agree that it shouldn't be in the game. They're just not going to take it out yet, even so, though it's already out. And, like, all of last year and all of spring training. And... So, I... So, I guess the... we've kind of gone through pretty thoroughly for our teams. So, the only two are things that I had really that I found interesting in the, the realm of baseball to talk about. So they MLB.com did a farm system rankings. Um, and then there's rule changes that are being tested in the minor leagues that I think are interesting. So we can get into those real quick. Um, the farm system rankings. All I want to do is really just talk about like where our teams are at. Cause yep. I think that it like backs up our discussion where like we were saying like, I don't feel like our teams are really that deep. You know, like we don't have all of this, you know, like there, there isn't all this hoopla around guys that play for our team. Um, whereas like, if I look at some of the other teams, um, you know, like number one in their farm system rankings were the Rays. Um, and like, they still like, and they, they don't even mention, uh, Brent Honeywell coming back who granted he hasn't pitched in like three and a half years due to four different surgeries, but he was like a top prospect for him. Um, but they, they somehow like, so they were in the world series last year and they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys that are in the top 100 in prospects in the MLB. Now, granted one of those guys, well, Looking at two of them, so Rosarena and Brendan McKay both were up for a significant amount of time in 2020 for the team. Um, so I don't really know that they should be considered prospects anymore. But how how do our teams get to that point? Um, or like San Diego. San Diego traded for Yu Darvish and Blake Snell, and they gave up basically prospects for them, and they still have the sixth-ranked farm system in all of Major League Baseball. Well, for a while, for a good amount of time, you have to sell all your good players for draft picks. But, um, but when was there a time frame that, like, like, I don't remember the Padres ever being, like, abysmal. Like, they weren't, like, just, like, poop ever. I mean, I could be wrong, but I, I don't. I don't pay a ton of attention to them, but. Mm -hmm. I know they get like the Padres are like the, the, the Cardinals are to the Padres. What like the Yankees are to the twins. Um, Cause like prior to mm -hmm. last year, they hadn't beat the Cardinals in a post. Like they had, 
they had never won a postseason series against the Cardinals. They were one right, and nine. See. In 2019, the Padres were 70 and 92. Okay, that's in 2018, they were 66 and 96. Okay, that's really bad. And then they were 71 and 91, 68, okay. 94, 74 and 88, 77 and 85, 76 and 86. They haven't had a winning season in a pretty long time. Yeah. You know okay. So I just like I just didn't remember them being that bad. Like I thought, like I knew yeah. that they weren't like contenders or whatever, but I would have put them closer to like 75, 80 wins on a year, like playing just below 500, just not being anything relevant because you know you had the Dodgers in that in that division um you know the Rockies had a couple good years in that division the Giants won all their World Series in that division you know coming out of the division so it just was like they were you know kind of always a bridesmaid never a bride type situation but clearly it was wrong they were just last and terrible <laughs> <laughs> so okay so I guess that's how you do it. It's still impressive that they that they're as good as they are now, and they still didn't give up a whole lot. Yeah, yeah, but it's just a it's a ten year setup, you know. You have to be willing for your team to suck for at least ten to fifteen years. I mean, how long have the Rays been bad? Yeah, you know? they oh, were, right. they were in a world they were in the World Series two thousand eight, and then I mean, like they went in the playoffs okay. a couple years. Like I mean, they've been they've been good for the last couple seasons i'd say no if the rays go to the playoffs it's the yankees fault you know what i'm saying sure it's just your guys's fault so Uh, but i think that's how you do it you just you lose a lot of games uh, accumulate draft picks and sell your guys before you have to pay them the rays definitely sell your guys before you pay them for draft picks for sure Um, for sure that's how they've been doing it so and the the padres have probably done that a couple times because i remember like the bj uptons and stuff they've gotten some pretty decent hauls for some people um over the years me um see if anyone name sticks out here real quick and like and and i get like and it i guess it it makes sense because like Number 30 was the Nationals. They just won in 2019. Um, number 29 was the the Astros. Like, they just won in 2000, what, 17 that they won? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but then it's like, the Rockies are number 27. And it's just like, bro, like, you guys are just going the wrong direction. Um, the A's, the Angels, the Red Sox. Like, that's like the bottom rung of this stuff some of the other teams that are up top that make sense, like the Tigers, the Marlins, the Orioles, you know, that this is where it's at. But the Cardinals are number 17. Yankees are number 18. And I was like, yeah, like slightly below the midpoint is about what I expect. Like our, I don't think our farm systems are terrible because there's some stuff down there that we're excited about, like the Nolan Gormans, the Matthew Libertors, um, you know, Jason Dominguez on the Yankee side, uh, Michael King, Clark Schmidt, like those kind of guys. Like, yep, there's some buzz around some of these players, but it just like, I, like none of them, none of them are really talked about where like they're the the next Mike Trout, no, or you know the next Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, or like you look like what Toronto has with like Bo Bichette, um, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Um, what the fuck? I can't think of the other guy's name. Uh, Kevin BGO. It's like they have like just this, 
young plethora of prospects that all came up around the same time. It's very reminiscent to like what the Cubs did with Rizzo and Bryant and Baez and Addison Russell and um, Wilson Contreras. And just like they, they brought all these guys up into the majors like around the same time frame. Um, you know, Houston with Bregman, Altuve, Correa, Springer. Um, you know, like the, I, our, I, I feel like our teams don't do it. Like the Yankees haven't done that. And I guess they kind of did it for like 2017, you know, with like Torres, Judge, Sanchez, um, you know, but like they, like they really hadn't done homegrown core since the core four came up in the mid nineties. And it just hasn't equated to championships mainly because our pitching hasn't been good enough in my opinion. Um, but I, I just thought it was, I thought it was interesting that, you know, depth gets talked about with both of our organizations, but I just don't see it. Like I don't, I don't know why that gets talked about because I don't, I don't feel like either of our teams are very deep. Yeah, I think at least for the Cardinals, like we're not that deep, but like we've proven time and time again that like we do produce good farm system players. So like even this article says like you know they have several high ceiling prospects such as Mason Wynn and Edward Nunez who could really elevate the system's ranking if everything clicks in their development. And so I think the Cardinals get the benefit of the doubt a lot of the times that even though like we're being rated in the middle of the pack here, like, you know, like they're, you know, admitting like, you know, if a couple of players, you know, look good this year and next year's list, they'd probably jump up that spot. So I, th- I think they kind of get the benefit of the doubt with the um, verbiage that gets thrown around around them. I don't, I don't know if I ever really hear that with the Yankees or if I pay attention enough and, or the Yankees, I mean, have been just spending money on players for a really long time. So it's not really part of their like MO to like, if we brought up a guy and he was homegrown, like, cool, like that would work out. But if not, like we are completely comfortable, like going out to find out what we need and sign guys that way. Like they don't, it's not as big of a deal to their front office. Right. Um, but, and, right? and yes, like that, that's been the approach in the past, but I mean, like even on this team, I mean, like judge Torres, Sanchez, Frazier, Gardner, um, you know, all homegrown. Um, um, like Domingo Herman, David Garcia, like both came up through the system. Um, it's like they, they have Jordan Montgomery came up. And a lot of those guys came up though in the same, what, like really the same time frame. That's, so like, that's what I'm saying. You had, like a, a, you had a good stretch right. of guys, but right. like you don't have that next, like the Cardinals would have that good stretch and, and probably a next round, you know, like the Yankees found themselves into a stretch of good and now they're all up and they're out of it, you know? Right. And well, they might not be out of it, that's but what like, I'm they're saying. definitely like that, far less. I, I don't think that they are that deep of a team for them to be like in the middle of the pack, I think is surprising to me because yeah. like, I, I don't think that there's a ton of options that are down there now. Like some of the names they also mention in there is like they throw around like what Davey Garcia is capable of doing. But like I don't really consider him in the farm system. And granted, he might find himself there to begin with because Domingo Herman has looked phenomenal in spring. And, you know, he won 19 games when he was up, you know, for the last year he pitched. Um you know, personal issues off the field aside, like the guy can still deal. 
Uh, Montgomery looks great, and he's been kind of a staple. And then you have Tyon, Kluber, and Cole, and those guys are just going to be the you know the front end workhorses of your rotation. Um, so like they they do have some depth there um, in terms of like okay, you know there's there's six starters, and then you know Schmidt, King, like they have potential. It's like I could see that, but I don't like none of those guys are talked about in like the same sense as like, you know, like, I, I guess like they're, like, I, I don't know if they're like considering it off of like the like prospect capability, but like when you compare it to the Cardinals, you have, you know, five starters that it can go. And then maybe another five starters that have shown success at the major leagues. Like, that to me is depth, you know, six pitchers that have had success at the major level, two of them only have done it for one season. Isn't very deep, you know, like um, you have Tyon and Kluber coming off of injury. Just, it isn't, they aren't, who knows what you're going to get. You hope for the best, but it just isn't very deep. Like if things go wrong, it, it can fall apart pretty quickly for them. Um, so, since we're we're short on time, um, there are so they're 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 doing this interesting thing. I guess like it pains me to credit Theo Epstein for this, but it seems like he was kind of the mastermind behind this um, with the way they're doing it. So they're they're testing out certain rules that could impact the major leagues but they didn't want to place all of the testing into the same league so they could see how the, what the impact is individually by rule. Um, so I think that there's just low a that has two overlapping rules. Um, but I just want to, to run through real quick. Some of them, I don't know that it will make a, a big difference. Um, but I guess it could, um, I'd have to see like a little bit, a little bit more because like for all triple a leagues they're using slightly larger bases with a less slippery surface so i don't know like i i would imagine that even though they're using larger bases it wouldn't change the distance that someone's running like it's still 90 feet to first base um like right. the idea would just be that like you avoid collisions um, but I, is it 90 feet from the center of the bag or is it 90 feet from the outside to the outside uh, to the inside of the next bag? So I believe I think it's from the center of the bag, right? I, yeah, I can all honestly, like I'm not 100% certain. Like I know that like, it, like I've never really like measured out. Like I, I would imagine like Kurt might have a better idea or we could probably look it up. Um, yeah, I'm Googling right now. But I would assume like if they're using bigger bases, like it can't go i don't know a i don't know how much they're they're changing like they're increasing it by like if it's by like two inches i don't know that that's a significant difference but if it's two inches closer to second you know how many times like how many bang bang plays go like is a guy called out then now he would be safe um probably pretty minimal but that would be where i would think the difference would come into play um, I think the ability to avoid collisions and stuff like that, because there's just more surface space, um, is probably beneficial. Um, 
but again, like I'm not, I'm not certain what they're changing when they, they say, um, so I guess I could read a little bit here. It just says just as 90 feet from base to base is the big league standard. So is the size of the base itself. Each side is 15 inches long. Um, but the triple A yeah. bases this year will be 18 inch squares and will be composed of material that is expected to perform better in wet conditions. Um, home plate remains the same size, but the change applies to first, second and third. So how, how to properly measure a baseball diamond home plate to first base. You're supposed to measure from the back white part of home plate to the back corner of first base. Um, and then first base to second base, you measure from the back corner of first base to the exact middle of second base. And then second to third middle of second base to the back corner of third base and third base to home plate is measure your back corner of third base to the back of home plate. Yeah, so it's just it'll be interesting then because they say it's a subtle increase, but it's like if it's if the bag is now 18 inch sides, you know, in each place, like so I I guess you're you're picking well, up then... you're picking up a full three inches from first base towards second base, um, so more steals yeah some like more if base it, path moving if it goes to the back corner, you're picking up three inches closer to home plate because uh, the back corner would still be 90 feet. Um, so it'd come 18 inches from there versus 15 inches. If it goes, you said it goes from the, it goes to the middle of the second base bag. Yeah. So you're going to pick up an inch and a half there. Cause it would go, it would still be in the middle. So it'd be like nine inches instead of seven and a half inches to the middle of the bag. So I mean, it's, it's, you know, call it four or five inches that you're, gaining between first and second and again like i don't i don't know like half a foot like on bang bang plays like i think that that makes difference if you're able to slide to the outside of the bag like you're picking up an inch and a half there to get around a tag um so i i think it could make a difference i don't know how significant it will be um but but who knows um i i think that it's I think that's more for safety than anything else. Um, I'm going to double back to the one that's a double A because I think that that's going to be one that we might talk about quite a bit. Um, so all high A, there's a requirement that pitchers must step off, step off the rubber to attempt to pick off. Um, so usually you only have to step off the rubber if you're going to, if you don't throw. Um or if you're, what is it? Because like you can just, like as a right-hand pitcher, you can just step and throw to third. You can spin, throw to second. Um, and you can fake throws the second and third. So I think it's like if you step off the rubber, you don't have to go anywhere. And I think you always have to step off step off the rubber to throw to first, maybe. Um, I, I don't know. I forget exactly what it is. But it essentially just makes it harder to, to do a, to attempt to pick off so there won't be any quick throws over. Um, basically a lot of people would have to change how they hold the runners on. Um, so I think that that would make it more comfortable for guys to get bigger leadoffs. So you might see a change in the running game. Um, and poor John Lester. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
So then in all of low A, there's a limit of two pickoff attempts per plate appearance. Which is very oh. interesting. So if you draw <laughs> if you draw two throws over, I then I don't know what happens. Like can you just go wherever you want? And like the guy has to like he can't throw over. Like you can just step off and do what? Like run at you? Like and that's supposed to speed the game up. Yeah, that's kinda dumb. Um in the low A West only, they're instituting a fifteen second pitch clock. And then in low A Southeast only, they're introducing an automatic ball strike system. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the big one though, the one that I that I skipped to go back to, so it'll be an all double A, and it is a requirement that all four infielders have their cleats within the outer boundary of the infield dirt when the pitch is delivered. So you could still load three guys to the right side of an infield, but you can't have a guy play like short right field anymore. Hmm. So huh. me personally, like I'm it's kind of six of one half dozen of another. If they do away with the shift, um, I think it, it, you know, it's just understanding the game. Like it's, Hey, this is how it is. Um, yeah. So like, Hey, like get good nerd. Yeah. I, I don't particularly mind the shift. I just like, especially cause like if you want to play all of your guys only in left field, you know, I don't care. That's your decision. Like you're in defense, like, and I mean, under current rules, I mean, you're in defense and there's definitely sections of the field that each player should be in, but, I, I mean, nothing's stopping anyone from going to any part of the field that they want to. So right. uh, they want to send them. So I, I don't mind that. Cause that's again, like if the player, it, it should just be something else that you're practicing at. You're a professional, you make $18 million a year. Yes. Matt Carpenter. That's what you make a year. Like you should be able to overcome these things. There's a reason why you make that much money a year. Um, so I just to be giving them a participation medal because people can't hit the shift. So we're just going to, you know, make sure we do away with it as a rule. It's kind of garbage in my opinion. Right. Like, um, and it's, and it's the four infielders. So it's not like, it's not to say that like they can't still cheat in with a fifth, like a fifth infielder. They can bring in an outfielder to do that. Like I said, you can still stack up three guys. You put all four guys on the right side of the infield if you wanted to. Like there's tons of ways you could do it. Um, but like to me, I think if like you're just gonna do away, like if you're trying to do away with shifts, then just do away with shifts. Be like, okay, like you have to have <laughs> right. three outfielders, you have to have four infielders, two of them have to be to the left of first of of second base, two have to be to the right of second base. Like you can shift all the way over and play up the middle, but you just have to have both feet to the left side or both feet to the right side of second base, and like this is just the world that we live in. To me, though, I feel like it's the same thing as like a pitcher being like, or a, a hitter being like, well, man, like I, we're really struggling to hit pitches that are over 102 miles per hour, so it's just illegal for a pitcher to throw that hard anymore. Right. You know, like yeah, like it just. No, I agree. Like, yes, it it will maybe it makes things more exciting, but like I I think, you know, having good positioning and robbing a guy of a hit because he hit into a shift cool like i think it creates a heads-up play that like lay a bunt down man just push it out to third get on base like 
if you don't think you can hit the ball that way, then whatever. Um, next thing you know, it's going to be like, well, you can't take away no, no doubles defense. You know, it'd be like telling an NFL team, like, nah, like you can't play, you know, like, you can't just hang everyone back and, you know, stop a Hail Mary. You're right. Yeah, you have to line up. Yeah, I get it. You just, sorry, can't do it. Not an option. Um, yeah, like I, I could see them like maybe like, hey, like shift all you want, but you got to have four guys in the infield and you got to have three outfielders, but you have to line up for like how, like the start of an at-bat or whatever. It's like maybe you can't shift around for every pitch. Because um, I know like in some instances, like if a guy has two strikes, they'll shift him then, like because he's going to, you know, tr- probably be out in front of the ball. So they statistically they have them shift or whatever. Like I could see like maybe trying to limit that type of stuff. Um, you know, maybe maybe like challenges like you can only shift X amount of times in a game you know, or something. It's like you gotta you gotta utilize your shifts when you can. Yeah, yeah. So you can only throw over to you know first you know twice right. a batter. So. <laughs> right. You know, so maybe something like that. But I just I feel like it's just. You're you're overcomplicating the game in situations like that, like where like you have these weird like one-off rules, um, like oh only two pickoff attempts per plate appearance. Well now we can't throw over there anymore, so that's why he just keeps stepping off and not doing anything. Um, I think like a 15-second pitch clock is like if you're just a general sports fan, like you're familiar with a shot clock, you're probably familiar with a timer, like you you can wrap your head around the concept of said thing. Um, but like, oh, well, they only get set, you know, like they only get nine shifts a game. You can only shift once an inning, you know, or whatever. It's like they use their shift here and now they pinch hit with this guy that's a, that's a dominantly pole hitter and they can't shift on him. Like, oh, like, well, that's dumb. <laughs> like, so, so hopefully they don't do anything like that from this, but we'll see. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how it all works out. But I think like I'm most I'm most interested in the a limit of two pickoff attempts per plate appearance, and then the automatic ball strike system. Yeah. Um. I think the rest of it like is 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 not as game changing as long as they keep it to kind of where it's at. Um. I don't think the larger bases will will matter too much. Granted, they could, but I don't think they will. Um, I think that if they if they just require four infielders on the dirt and that's it, I think that that's a fine compromise. You know that you just can't do the short right field or short left field approach. Um, and a a 15 second pitch clock I think is been like they've had something like that kind of in the works for a while. Um, I think it might be longer than that, but you know it 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 is what it is. It is the way it's done. <clears throat> so, I don't know. Any anything else we missed on on your end? That's all I had. No, I think uh, I think I, I think I'm good. All right, well, we're done with our weekly bashing of Matt Carpenter. All right. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll. Uh, I'm sure we'll rock back up yeah. next week. Yeah. So, I, so next Monday will be the the last show before the regular season starts. Oh, so yeah. So hopefully we'll have a little bit more 
in terms of like what the final rosters will actually look like. Um, and then this coming Saturday, we have our, our fantasy draft. Uh, so we'll, we'll move forward with that. So I'm sure we'll, we'll discuss our teams a little bit. So just be a lot of roster conversation next week. Um, so yeah, it should be a good time. Agreed. But all right, well then, uh, I think that about does it. So, uh, as always, thanks for stopping by. And until next time, stay cool.